Welcome to The Backlog, a podcast hosted by Adaptivate. I am Gian, an Agile consultant in the Melbourne office. Adaptivate partners with clients to accelerate outcomes by implementing new transformative ways of working. We are a global firm with offices in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Today, our guest is Keda, partnership manager from our place, and we'll be finding out more from him on how OKRs, also known as Objectives and Key Results, have helped in driving an aligned and effective collaboration in his organization. Keda, it's so great to have you on the show today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Sure. Um, so uh, my name is Keda Matsumoto. I work in philanthropy, specializing in social investments in the education and workforce. So um, I came to our place with a background in social sector consulting uh, and education. So before I stepped into the role of partnership manager, I was with Teach for Australia in the Latrobe Valley, which is a region of Victoria uh, in the southern state of Australia, about two hours east of Melbourne. That's awesome. So do you mind telling us a little bit more about your role in the organization and what you have been busy with lately? Sure. Um, so we say that our place is an initiative of the Coleman Foundation. So our vision is that all children uh, and their families are able to succeed in life. And we achieve this by transforming schools into community hubs. And what this really means is that we deliver integrated services, uh, ranging from primary health care to high quality early education and schooling. Uh, all the way through to adult education and wraparound health and well-being services. So that's really the core part of the work that we do. Um, and my role as partnership manager primarily means two things. Uh, first, I manage the on-site partnership between the Department of Education and Training um, and Good Start Early Learning, as well as the other key stakeholders like TAFE uh, and local government. And the second part of my job is that I manage the site team that delivers and implements the Our Place approach um, at the school. So really, at the end of the day, I'm equally responsible for um, stakeholder engagement, uh, developing strategy, and managing implementation of Our Place uh, at our sites. That's really inspirational. It is that message of all children and their families to succeed in life, I believe, is something we should all strive towards. Thank you. Thank you. So we've at Adaptivate, we're privileged to pledge our knowledge and time recently for as part of our pledge 1%. We partner with local initiatives, schools, any government departments to deliver value and experiences and knowledge to students, teachers, and any other involved stakeholders. So I remember having a really enjoyable time with the team back in Dufton College back when we were working with you and your team earlier this year. Yeah. What was most memorable to us was we were able to support you and your team in creating the OKRs to guide the organization. Mm-hmm. So would you be able to share more about the impact of setting and having clearly defined OKRs in your organization? So, um, you know, really some of the benefits of having the clear OKRs um, were really firstly that it really helped us track where we are in the bigger picture uh, in terms of implementation and and why we're prioritizing particular items 
over others at certain points in the implementation process. So this is incredibly important in the work that we do, because as you could get the sense of uh, when I talk about the work and sort of the wide reach that it has, one of the great things about that is that it's, it's incredibly ambitious in the scope. The flip side of that is that it's incredibly complex to think about in a very systematic way uh, and also prioritize the right work at the right time. So OKRs were really a simple and effective way for us to get that clarity. Um, and with that clarity, set the priorities um, in, in our work as we move into implementation. So I think that was the first and foremost, the biggest thing. The second thing was that it really helped us to visualize the work in, in a much greater time horizon, uh, which is really useful for, plan for planning ahead. Right? I think a lot of the work that we do, or a lot of the social sector, um, it's incredibly ambitious, but it's, it's very rare that you're able to sort of put onto this onto a wall the entirety of what you're trying to achieve uh, within the 12 to 18 month period. Um, and just having that day to day is something that you can refer back to was incredibly and is incredibly powerful. And ultimately what that allowed us to do was have far more objective conversations about the progress of our work. Um, and as you can imagine, that's really helpful for me as a manager, but it's also really helpful for maintaining morale um, in the day to day work that we do. That is incredible. We're really happy to hear that OKRs have helped you in so many different ways. So can you give us a little bit more flavor as to how the OKR process was carried out and what did you enjoy about the process? You know, when I think back to the day, uh, there are a couple of things that really stand out. Um, the first thing that really stands out was that it was incredibly visual, right? Um, setting the OKs ours, there were there were a lot of colors, there were a lot of like arrows, and there were a lot of games. So I think it was really engaging to work in that way, um, and I think that that really helped get the team on board, uh, particularly those who are really uh, not so familiar with this approach. Um, and the the second thing that really stood out on the day was was the high quality facilitation. That was a really big thing. You know what we were taking on was quite quite significant and quite ambitious, but the the pace at which you guys were able to kind of shepherd us through the process really helped us as the team just be sort of the brain, like brain dump, and you know, kind of like brainstorm, have those ideas up on the board, but we were able to rely on you, you and the team to make sense of everything that was coming out um, in a very systematic way. So that was really refreshing as a process uh, in and of itself. Thank you. I, I believe this is a good time to call out Chelsea and Fiona, who were part of the team during this Pledge 1% for our place in Dufton College. Absolutely. So they yeah. are top facilitators, very, very experienced, and I dare say shepherds to a brain dump, as Kata mentioned before. Yeah. So carrying on from that, so how do you how would you compare this process? How do you find this process compared to other goal setting processes? that you have been through with your organization or other experiences? So I think, you know, when you set up the day, one of the things that you mentioned at the very start was the difference between waterfall ways of working and um, agile ways of working. And when I think about a lot of the work that I've engaged in, in the past, you know, I hadn't had that language before, but it was, it was really waterfall. Um, so you'd spend a ton of time planning you know, getting the perfect thing on the paper. And what inevitably would happen was that 
you know, something would change in the first like section of, of your work, which would have downstream implications for everything that you'd spent so much time developing, right? But there's an, an incredible amount of like emotional attachment to that plant because of simply for the for the fact that you spent so much time actually developing it. What's really different about not just OKR, but the entire process that sort of surrounds it is that just how just how agile, like agile is a great word to describe it, but like adaptive it really is. It's it's not trying to get everything onto the one page um, you know, for 12 to 18 months, but it's having little actionable ideas that you're able to work on for like a week or two weeks. And then what's really great is the is the system and the routines that surround that. So you know, we check in now, sort of start, middle, and end of the week. We're reflecting on these goals and we're saying, okay, where do we get to at the end of this week? How does it actually align to what we're trying to do long term? Um, are things working? If yes, let's double down. If no, let's let's change things up. And there's no emotional attachment to the plan. It's just real focused effort on the actual outcome. So that's that's a really powerful way of working and it's something that we really appreciate. Yeah. That's something that Adaptivate always tries to provide as well. Very pragmatic, actionable, easy to implement ideas. It might not, it might be easy to implement, but it's the practice and that mindset and culture shift over time. You know, getting rid of that emotional attachment to ideas, plans, and making sure that every piece of work you do every day is making an impact on your key results. Definitely. So I've spoken about the impact. So apart from driving alignment within an organization, what kind of other experience, do you experience any other benefits of setting up OKRs and what are they carrying on from the impact? You know, I think the biggest thing that comes out of this is, is, is a, is a real sort of interpersonal dynamic. Um, it's less about the work, but it's it's more about how one feels as they do the work. So I would define this in terms of your sense of achievement is a lot more objective as you work through and address the goals, right? What happens when you don't have objective measures is that your sense of achievement is either very difficult to measure or it's subjective, right? It, it's, it's almost a product of how much work you feel you've done or how much value you feel you've contributed. And I don't necessarily know if that's a good if, if that's a good thing for interpersonal and team dynamics, right? Because if everything is based on a subjective sense of what you've done, by virtue of it being subjective, one person will have a different view on it than the other. What it, this entire process allows us to do is that with the objective measures, it's really clear whether not just you are on track, but it's really clear whether the entire team is on track. Um, and I think that when you can objectively see sort of who's contributing to what and how and in the bigger picture, this is really valuable for team morale. Um, and it really comes back to this sense of the objective sense of achievement. Um, and I think it just helps with team dynamics in, in general. That is really great to hear. I'm so happy to hear that it has provided so many different benefits for you. So in today's unfortunate global pandemic situation, would you mind sharing what ways your organization and the schools has been impacted by this? Sure. Um, so I would say that 
really the major impact um, is our ability to coordinate service delivery on site at our schools. Um, it's, it's very different when we're not interacting with communities and schools as we traditionally work. Uh, so that's really sort of the major impact that we've seen through the pandemic. But this has been okay and we've been able to pivot because firstly, we've just adapted to different modes of support in terms of supporting community and supporting schools. Um, but also as a result of having those objective um, roadmaps, we've been able to very quickly reprioritize our work based on our OKRs um, and the roadmap itself. So what we've been able to do is say, okay, what we now know is that we have far less of our total week's capacity devoted towards site operations. And so what that means is that with that opened up capacity, we can then recommit that um, to, for a high, for far higher percentage of our time to focus on things like agency consultations um, that we can just do online, right? And this is work that was happening before the pandemic, but we just couldn't commit as much time to it um, because we were doing other things on site. But the OKR and the roadmap really helped us to very quickly reprioritize, and that was really mm-hmm. a good benefit of the system that we have. Mm-hmm. So with remote working and virtual collaboration becoming the new normal in today's world, what, how essential would you say OKRs are part of that, this new process, this new normal in today's environment? You know, there's this, there's this kind of, there's this analogy where if you have an hour to cut down a tree and you have a, and you have a saw, and you have a blunt saw, you can spend sort of 60 minutes trying to hack down that tree with the blunt saw, or you can spend like 30 minutes sharpening the saw and cut down the tree in 50, right? So I think basically the analogy is how well you're prepared for something influences how quickly you can actually address the task at hand. And I think that OKRs are incredibly powerful because regardless of the external context in which your work is happening. If you're clear, if you've done the groundwork to be very clear in your OKRs, then regardless of what's happening, you know how to actually adapt your work to then come back to the core goals. Um, If you haven't done this work of what's actually key and what's most important for what you're working towards, I think when a catastrophe like the pandemic happens, you spend a lot of time thinking about how to adapt, um, whether what you're doing is actually serving what purpose. Uh, so that conversation then becomes very subjective. It doesn't become very systematic. And I think that's where organizations and teams can get into hot water when there are significant challenges like this. So when you do the work uh, and you kind of be clear on where you're going, what your objectives are, how you're going to measure the results, I think it just makes it a lot easier to reprioritize uh, when things happen in the world, as they inevitably do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, change is inevitable. Inevitable. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, Kata. It's really great to hear. So to close off, I'd just like to ask if you have a podcast recommendation or any books that you've read recently that you've really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Um I would say I have, uh, yeah, podcasts are, have been a big thing. I've got a couple podcasts uh, to recommend. Uh, one is called uh, This American Life with Ira Glass. Um, I think it's fantastic storytelling. It's something that I listen to at night. Um, I think it just really gives great insight into people's lives. And what's interesting is you see how human beings are really different 
Um, but also the podcast does an incredible job of showing, you know, how similar we are at the same time. So that's a really great kind of podcast to relax to. Uh, the second podcast that I would highly, highly recommend is The Economist Radio on Spotify. Um, I just think it does such a great job. It's, it's solid reporting on current affairs, really concise treatment of topics, um, a super interesting range of content that's explored. You know, for example, they have like the, the American elections, they've got multilateral health and trade policy, uh, global trends in tech. Uh, I just think it's really well done. It's, it's well worth 20 to 30 minutes of your day. Um, so I would, would highly, highly recommend that too. They both sound incredible. I will definitely have a listen to both of them later today. Yeah, great. Well, thank you. Thank you for having Kada from Our Place on the backlog today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the backlog and leave a review. You can find Adaptivate on all the socials, including LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you and good evening. Thank you.